live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday. It is Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. We're hanging out here until 6 o'clock. Come on by. Happy hour specials live until 7. Where's your beer? I don't have a beer uh, yet, I guess. I don't plan to really have a beer. It's kind of ridiculous. But we're at a bar. You have beer. RJ has a beer. I have a beer. Where's your beer? If I get slack, uh, probably rightfully so, but, you know, it's just not how I'm going to approach it. Okay. All right. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Zach Heilprin <laughs> that you hear. Hello, Zach. Hello. Uh, so two days now separate us from Wisconsin opening their season against Illinois State. Six o'clock Saturday, Camp Randall Stadium, Fox Sports 1. Wisconsin minus 33, 33-point favorites in the contest. The over-under 38 and a half. The projected score then, 36-2 to two Badgers, uh, which would be a funny one to start. Uh, so, Zach, I want to ask you first. I want to start off. When, when Zach Heilprin gets into the press box and, and he sits down, he opens his computer, you get tweet deck up, you have all the tabs ready, and you have whatever note sheet you run. I don't know how you do it, but you have those boxes that are unchecked. What are you watching for? when they take the field on Saturday. What am I watching for on Saturday? I'm, I'm, I'm watching now. Apparently, I'm watching for the backup quarterback job, but uh, that, we'll get to that. No, it's, it's going to be about, you know, are guys moving other guys off the ball, right? Is, is, uh, is the Wisconsin's offensive line pushing Illinois State over the, all over the field like they should be? Is Wisconsin's defense getting after Zach Enixted and the, uh, the Illinois State offense? Is it looking like it should? Are there any cracks, as, as we talked about the other night, are there any cracks uh, in the uh, the foundation of Wisconsin football, do we have the the penalties, or do we have turnovers? Do we have inability to hand the ball off like we saw in the opener last year? Are they thing? Are those those type of things? First game, you're not expecting Illinois State to be in this game, so it's taking care of business and, and moving guys off the ball. And then later on in the game, it's you know some of these some of these uh, guys playing for the first time, specifically potentially you know, a, a true freshman quarterback. I know it sounds odd to say, but I entered Saturday kind of excited to watch the backup and third-string quarterback in Miles Burkett and Deacon Hill take the field. Am I discounting what Illinois State can do? Maybe a little bit. Wisconsin traditionally is not great at covering 33-point spreads, right? I, we, we saw it broken down this week. A lot of those big spreads end up being a little bit too close. I, I don't project it to be on Saturday. How many were those were FCS games? Not all of them. I don't think any of them. Are. Yeah, because I don't believe officially, like a like all those games are actually counted. Right, FCS games. Right. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I when I look at it though, am I excited to watch Graham Mertz? Am I excited to watch the number one offensive line? Obviously, it's our first taste of what the team can be. We'll try to garner whatever we can from what we see. But I think the big ex- excitement for me surrounding this game is. What does Miles Burkett look like? What does Deacon Hill look like when they enter the game? And what order do they enter the game? Gosh, that uh, we kind of talked about it on Tuesday. And this is going to be a really, really tough scene for the Deacon Hill arm strength train that I've been choo-chooing along since the spring because it sounds very much like that Miles Burkett is going to be the guy that uh, ends up being the first guy in, according to both uh, Rivals and the Journal Sentinel, saying he's been taking a majority of the number two reps this week. That's a bit of a shock, but then when you think about it, he only showed up on campus about six months later. He, 
he didn't – I mean, they both went through spring ball for the first time. He got to go through winter conditioning, and, and that was the same thing with Deacon for the first time. So there were a lot of – like, they were doing a lot of the same things at the same time that perhaps I thought experience-wise, like, Deacon's got all this more experience. He right. doesn't. He was running the scout team offense last fall. There's a, I think there's a lot, you know, going in Miles' favor, Miles Burkett's favor, just because uh, he's not that far behind or wasn't that far behind because he came in early. Right. Also, I mean, Chase Wolf has been in the program the whole time, so it's not like Deacon Hill had been in a semi-number-two role. Like, throughout his time in the program, there was Mertz and there was uh, Wolf right behind him. So uh, then he's relegated to the scout team reps at that point during practice. When I look at this situation, I, I wrote down one of possibly three options that could be at play because Paul Christ was asked today, again, about the backup quarterback position. He said they are going to be the true number two. Yeah, he was saying that they're still going, like they're getting all the reps, right? They're, they're still evaluating and that type of thing. But you have to go by what people are hearing from inside. And from inside, it appears that it sounds as though Wisconsin uh, is leaning towards Miles Burkett, which, again, we did not see him take a single team rep in fall camp. He barely took any team reps in spring ball. So for him to, to jump up and, and grab this, I don't know if that – I, I want to be like the the, posmi, the, the uh, you know positive person here and say, you know, this is Miles Burkett jumping up and grabbing a spot and, you know, and being able to run the offense and they feel comfortable doing that as opposed to it being Deacon Hill just not being ready right. and, and not being where he needs to be. I guess we'll find out Saturday night. Uh, assuming Wisconsin takes care of business and Graham Mertz isn't playing the entire game. and that's I think it's a bigger problem if Graham Mertz is playing the entire game and we don't get an answer to who the backup quarterback is. Well, it's a big problem if Graham Mertz yes. has to play the whole yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's a significant issue. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to be positive here. I'm going to choose to be positive and say Miles Burkett has, has overtaken Deacon Hill as opposed to, you know, it's two guys that just aren't ready to play. I'm with you. I want to look at Chris' comments, though, because I wrote down, like, why could – they possibly not know at this point who is the true well, number not- two. So either A, Paul Chris doesn't want to give some sort of competitive advantage to Illinois State, which I don't buy. He, he said as much today. I'm not some kind of like a, a scheme or anything. I just yeah. don't know yet. Um, the second one, which I guess I, I think I like, given they're in similar points in their careers, is that he wants to keep the in-house competition thriving, where I don't know how it is exactly in the building, but I'm sure if you're in Deacon Hill's role, and Chase Wolf gets hurt, you then see a backup opportunity there, but not knowing that you're already the guy could lead you to then work a little bit harder or refine a little bit more to then win that role. Well, that was my feeling about it. That was my feeling, like, because when you were talking to guys earlier this week, you know, like, he needs more urgency. That was what Bobby Ingram said to us on Tuesday. He needs he needs, he needs a little bit more urgency. Uh, Clay Condiff said that he needs to bring it this week in practice. Like, there, those were those type of comments. And, look, I think it's fair to question – um, you know, Deacon's urgency when he, when he comes, when he comes back from spring ball or comes off, you know, a, a few weeks off and he's 262 pounds. Right. And he comes into fall camp and he's still in the two fifties. Like, I think it's, it's at least, at least, you know, a little bit something to talk about urgency wise, Yeah, whether, and, whether it's there or not. I think it also is a good thing that they are entering this contest against like when Chase Wolf had to play last season, especially early, it was in the Michigan game when Mertz went down thrust in against one of the best defenses in the country, two first-round pass rushers, not much of a run game to help him, didn't really stand a chance, really, because that defense throttled Wisconsin last year. Uh, Michigan did. It's good. I guess it's Illinois State. You're talking about a top 10, 15 defense last year in the FCS, but not an FBS-level football program, so that maybe 
their transition is eased a bit and, and they get to have some success. Again, like, to be fair with, with Chase Wolf, even against Eastern Michigan, there were not moments of not good. There were not moments of greatness there. So, but yes, I think we've, we've talked about this a bunch. It is a situation where you have a three game stretch here where you can kind of settle in. You can settle in as an offense, you can settle in as a defense. But if Mertz goes down, and as uh, I think, uh, I think I've talked about this with Jesse Temple on, on our camp podcast, a backup quarterback needed to play almost every year but one since 2012. At some point, at some point, other than 2019 and 2017, so it was two times. 2017 Which happened to be probably and, and 2019 the two best seasons Wisconsin had or best team they've had. Yes, yeah. So, time. but these guys may need to play at some time, especially if Chase Wolf is going to be out for the entire season, which is certainly a possibility. So. Yeah, the ability to, to watch them, you know, work themselves in a little bit against an FCS team is significant. It's it's a lot better than what they had to start against last year. Well, it's a similar deal that when you see Honor Wohler last year, true freshman, really talented, physically ready to come in, four-star recruit. They started him on special teams to grow accustomed to the speed of college football, and the difference is there. Jim Leonard said they do the same with true freshman Austin Brown this year. They've raved about where he's at, but he's a true freshman. You start him on special teams to get him going with the speed. The Illinois State speed is going to be different than Big Ten West speed. So that's the, the growing accustomed period I'm talking about. Yeah. Speaking about the starting quarterback for a second, because Mertz obviously is going to be starting this game. And, I mean, Wisconsin needs a big season from him to really reach their goals. I, it sucks that it, you can't really go into this season with, with much of uh, an either side kind of opinion because it all hinges on him, right? You could believe he's going to be great or he's going to struggle somewhere in the middle, but they're super successful whether they're not. It all hinges on his performance. So how beneficial do you think this opening three-game stretch will be to how he performs come Big Ten play? Well, I just wonder what last season looks like if they have this start to this season. I like feel maybe, safe saying a lot better. Like maybe he gets an opportunity like he did against Rutgers and that type of thing to get comfortable against a team that's not that – not that great. Or even a Purdue game where he only had to throw it eight times, but he right. wasn't under pressure. It wasn't a high-stress kind of game. Yeah. I wonder what last season would have looked like. Would he have been able to build confidence? Would they have been able to build confidence in offense? I Personally, I think they've been, they beat Penn State later in the year, uh, more so than the way they played yeah. in that game. I think that's certainly a win. Uh, I don't think the Michigan game would have been a win, and I probably not the Northern name game. But, again, that game was 13-10, to 10, Wisconsin – was right there going into the fourth quarter. So maybe maybe it's different. But just the way that they are able to start this season with the teams that they are facing, Grimmertz, there's an ability to gain even more confidence. He says he's the most confident guy in the world. Like, he talks, and they talk about this, like, oh, I've never seen a guy be more confident. I've, I've never Like, he was the most confident guy in the world last year. He's even more confident this year. It's, it's one thing to say that. It's one thing to actually feel it. Right. And I, I kind of feel like he needs to feel it in a game and have success, build the confidence – through success, as opposed to building confidence through your words. So I've said on Tuesday that with this game, I don't think we'll be able to learn much about the passing offense or how they're going to approach their bigger games because I don't think they'll put much on tape. I think they will go a little more bland and win, while also I think there are opportunities there to get Mertz into situations where, not that you're going to manufacture a third and eight or a third and nine, but when you're in those spots, maybe if Wisconsin versus Iowa would run for three yards and then punt, which we often see Paul Chris do, maybe instead we say, you know what, let's try to make Mertz make this throw because we know the game itself is not in question. I think it's those situations that could really help 
I have called this three-game stretch a runway of sorts. I, I think it's also, you, you mean you, you talk about Paul Christ and what Wisconsin will do. What does Paul Christ uh, or what does Bobby Ingram do in those situations? Because this, this is not a situation where Paul Christ is in charge. We have no idea what Bobby Ingram is as a play caller. Right. We have no idea. I mean, I, do you know what the first play is going to be? Like, I could almost guarantee. Yes, run left. I could almost guarantee it's going to be a, a, a run play under Paul Chris. I don't know what it will be under Bobby Ingram. You have no idea what Bobby Ingram's going to call. Yeah, he might just come out like McNabb and T.O. in their first preseason game in 2004, play action bomb, 60 yards down the field, touchdown. Only you, only you would think about that from 2004. <laughs> uh, I was going to go more 2009 and actually related to the Badgers. Scott Tolzien, first start, play action, 80-yard touchdown to Isaac Anderson, or excuse me, um, Isaac uh, uh, no, I think it was Isaac Anderson. Well, this is all not if Isaac Arendo runs back the opening kick and we yeah, will even right? see the offense, yeah. which starting kick returner, which I love. Electric capabilities there. All right, we are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, 2832 Prairie Lakes Drive to be specific. It's my first time here. Uh, it is terrific. We got the nachos. The apps are running. It is not my first time here. I actually stopped in last Saturday and had some, some awesome food. Wife had some awesome food. Had some great drinks. I love this place. You should see the TVs in this place. Oh, yeah. You can any, – any game that you want to come see, it's available here. And a lot of college football on tonight. You got Penn State-Purdue coming up at 7. You have West Virginia Pitt at 6. Uh, so after we get off the air, I'm excited to watch those games. So come on by. Happy hour specials going until 7 o'clock tonight. $4 spotted cows, $5 Long Islands, $2 off all appetizers. Let's watch college football. Uh, full family. It works for everybody. Coming up next, we're going to step away here and take a quick break. What else are we watching for on Saturday? I want to talk about the defensive side, some of the new faces, and maybe what we'll see from them throughout the season. That is coming up after the break. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I'm excited to see the snap percentages. At least when the ones are on the field together, yeah. right? Because we'll see when the twos go more on the field. But the snap percentages between Getz and Daryl Peterson, the down and distance scenarios, how we see that group utilized, because a lot of them can play. I want to see the situations where they're in. Is this how you're going to decide who actually is a starter? It's not going to be the first guy who goes out. It's going to be the guy who gets the most reps. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, of course. I knew that's that. Abs- I knew that. I knew that was the way you were playing. Or who has the most reps in certain situations? I make the rules here. I we knew, all know that. I knew you were going. I knew that was your idea. It's like, oh, how can we make Daryl Pearson a starter here? Oh, he's getting <laughs> he's getting more percentage of the reps with the first team. No, 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 sir. No, 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 sir. Now, if Daryl Peterson goes out there on the first snap, he's a starter. And I lose him just like you lost Riley Mullman. But, sure. but, but I am anxious and excited to see that group as a whole because I think all five of those guys have been saying all offseason, all five of them are starters, man. And I think uh, we're going to see all of them play a lot. Now, Nick Herbig is the guy, and he's going to be very tough to take him off field. Uh, you know, like, and he doesn't want to come off the field. Right. He's got big plans for this year, uh, big plans for this year, and then heading off to the NFL next year. But at the other spot, C.J. Getz held off Daryl Peterson, but Daryl Peterson has just a ginormous, ginormous future at Wisconsin. He is the next big thing at outside linebacker after Nick Herbig. Just he's got that type of talent. And then behind him, right? It's not even just it's not even just him. It's Caden Johnson. It's T.J. Bowlers. It's you know those those five guys have the ability to be the best outside linebacker crew 
Wisconsin's had in this 3-4 era. And when you think about the 3-4 era outside linebackers that they've had, that's saying something. It is. I, I'm excited. So, I mean, when the ones are all on the field, as we go ahead to Washington State, I want to see whether it's Herbig for three downs and then maybe Peterson in on a passing situation on third down. If it's gets early downs against the run, I want to see those situations. So there's so there's two spots at, at outside linebacker, right? It's the boundary yep. and it's the field. It just depends on, like, Nick Herbig plays the field side and, and the other guys play the boundary side. But we were talking to Jim Leonard this week, and I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't think people care, but uh, he said that Daryl Peterson is playing both spots which was not the case for much of fall camp. They did that in the spring. They wanted to get him exposed to it, and then they were kind of letting him settle in at the boundary spot, and that's not the case uh, right now. So I think it's possible. It's possible Daryl Peterson is the first guy in at either spot, and then it's T.J. Bowlers and Kane Johnson behind him. So moving back a little bit, I also am pumped up to see Jordan Turner, the inside linebackers. But that dude. That's a dude. Yeah, that's a dude. One of the biggest things last year, like when I look at that defense, why was it so successful? Sanborn and Chanel were game wreckers, right? But something (laughs) they did so well and Leonard, how he deployed them so beautifully is how how they got after the quarterback, how they created pressure. And some of that was just their pure athleticism. Some of it was Sanborn setting Chanel up uh, to swing around things along those lines. I don't expect to see Leonard, you know, empty the cupboard and throw it all at Illinois State. But I want to see this is kind of eye test stuff. Whether Turner can, whether I watch him play and say, you know what, like he could be that kind of game wrecker where it's obviously in the run game, it's maybe dropping back in coverage when asked, but it's also can he get after the quarterback? Like Chanel was split second. You see him at, uh, back where he's normally lined up, and then boom, he's in the backfield like nothing happened. Aiden O'Connell, he he had nightmares about what he did. It felt like last year though, those guys. It wasn't necessarily things that they were um, called in the play. It was keys, reading their keys right. and when to go or not. And it felt like Minnesota and Nebraska took advantage of that. They did. Yeah, okay. All right. So I, I don't – like Jim Leonard is fantastic at being able to build his defense around the players themselves as opposed to trying to put, put the players in his defense. And so I don't know, like, I don't know where those sacks are. Like, I don't think those guys are going to be playing on that side of the ball nearly as much as Leo Chanel did or even Jack Sanborn did. I just, I don't think that's necessarily going to be it. Like, Jack Sanborn would talk about how he's playing inside the the, uh, the hurricane that was Leo Chanel. Like, he was playing in the eye of the hurricane. Leo Chanel was just going all over the place. I don't necessarily think that they have that. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. But Jordan Turner and, you know, that we know of uh, right now, Muma, uh, the other starter, the other guys are going to play, but, I, it's going to be different. I'll say that it's going to be it's going to be different than what you experienced last year. No, I have no doubt it's going to be different. I, and there's no way to quantify this, but I I feel like when you see a guy after a long off season where you saw him maybe in the year before, there is that quarter or a half where you have that aha moment of okay, he's taken that step. Where Chanel in 2020 had some big time flashes, but then as soon as he got on the field after missing the first couple of games with COVID, you're like okay. He's taking that step. He's ridiculous. I want to see that just eye test wise from Turner because I don't think that it doesn't depend on the opponent, right? It's just what he does there on the defense. It's it's, it's not I, it's not an incredibly fair comparison though. Oh, I don't mean to compare the two. No, like like saying expect you're you're expecting him like is Lionel Chanel came off of that COVID, and then in Game Three against Notre Dame was all over the place. He also played in the 2019 Big Ten Championship game. He had the entire year of 2020 to start. And then he went into 2021. Like yeah. this is Jordan Turner. Jordan Turner has played 24 snaps on defense. 
Now he's made some plays in those 24 snaps, but like it's not like there was there's like a huge like we knew what Leo Chanel was when he stepped on the field. We knew how big of a loss it was when he wasn't on the field. Jordan Turner's not necessarily that guy yet. Yeah, no, I I, ex- I expect him to play at a high level. To think that like he's going to make the same impact as Leo Chanel, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying like you shouldn't expect like him to be making those same type of plays mm-hmm. and, and jumping off the film like Leo Chanel did against Notre Dame. Right, I got you. It's just when, to me, when this defense replaces eight guys but still is uber-talented and still, as you have said a lot, could be as good as it was last season, I want to see where those alpha guys yeah. are, yeah. right? And, and this is the first opportunity to see Turner because I already know what Herbig and Benton are. So now you're looking, and in the secondary, a lot of transfers, they're old, uh, have a lot of experience, but there, I, I think at least there has to be one more guy behind Herbig and Benton, and I think it's Turner. Everybody thinks it's Turner, but it's does he, when I watch him on the field, is that eye test thing go off of, okay, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. They need multiple guys, but, like, it's a great place to start at, though, right, with Herbig and, and Benton. Like, oh. no, like, those are two guys that have a chance to be day two picks next next year, uh, next April. Yeah. I, think, I mean, like, I it's think it's possible that Benton, because of his size and athleticism, if he like, has a huge senior year, Maybe he sneaks into the bottom of the first round, but like, I think there's a chance Nick Herbig can. Yeah. He's a little small. Yeah, that's the problem. But I, I think, think he's a great player. Like, I think he's an amazing player. If he had just a little bit more to him, right? Because like, well, he, Zach Bond would, was a second round pick. I think Herbig might be a better NFL prospect at the end of this year than Bond. So maybe he could play into the back end of the first round. I don't. Way down the line, right? Way down the line. Well, that's one of those deals that maybe teams eventually will realize that drafting Wisconsin outside linebackers is lucrative for them, and, and it works generally. Where a yeah. lot of those guys you see fall, and then suddenly they're right. seven, eight-year pros. I, even more so the inside linebackers, right? Uh, you got a guy in your team in TJ Edwards who didn't get drafted despite being an All-American the way that he was. Jack Sanborn, as good as he was, didn't get drafted, made the Bears roster. TJ Edwards, obviously a starter this year. Jack Sanborn, right, going to be there and uh, probably fill in if need be. Had a great preseason. I think the inside linebackers have been the ones that have been overlooked to an extent. Right, definitely. Uh, there's one more thing, Zach, I really want to see. I, aside from the obvious of, you know, the new guys at tight end or how that position looks, who's in on running plays, can they catch the ball kind of deal, and then the new look secondary uh, with all the transfers at cornerback and Mullman at right tackle. All of the new faces everywhere. We're excited to watch. There's something else I want to see, and you can roll your eyes or uh, laugh if you if you wish. Please, I need to see this offense be explosive. And I know it's Illinois State, and it might be easy. And I connect too much back to 2019, but right now it's our most recent reference point of a very successful Wisconsin was football team. Back then? Jack Cohn, who hmm. is not on an NFL roster, he's not that out there did, before. Didn't even get on the practice squad. Yeah, I'm. Yes, I agree. Here's the, as much as I make fun of you for your your Jack Cohn love. I want Jack to be successful. I want him to be on the practice squad. I want him to be on the team. I want him to be successful. Like it's that, tough to tell. That's the whole thing. No, no. I just <laughs> I actually had like zero. Like I like Jack Cohn big 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 Jack Cohn fan. And then I came around. And then he went and said he was definitely getting drafted. <laughs> <laughs> and I I yeah, I'm kind of that guy. I'm kind of that guy. Like, I just can't let it go. And I know people are, like, probably, like, rolling their eyes every time I bring it up. I just can't let it go. But I want Jack to be successful, currently not on a team. However, you were saying being, like, explosive, what do you need to be explosive? What did they have that year? 
dynamic players. Yes. And a dynamic quarterback. Do they have that this year? Well, here's the thing. When I look back at that first game of 2019, we saw glimpses of what the explosiveness of the offense could be, where Jonathan Taylor, long runs, a long pass. Four touchdowns that game. Yeah, he went off. Where Braylon Allen, they have a dynamic guy in the backfield. But I want to see glimpses of this offense being more explosive down the field or just creating explosiveness. Because last year, uh, and Colton Bartholomew had this uh, up for the Wisconsin State Journal, Graham Mertz's completion percentage last year on passes 20 yards or more down the field, uh, 42 passes, 289 yards, a 59 passer rating, three touchdowns, two picks. Is that bad? It's quite bad. Uh, He ranked number, uh, or the team as a whole ranked number 124 in the country in passing explosiveness and efficiency, where it's one of the deals I don't need it to be perfect. I just need to see glimpses of, okay, they can get explosive plays from Chimray DK. They can get explosive plays in the slot out wide. I just need to see the glimpse because if they can't do it against Illinois State, and if they don't try, I get, but if they can't do it against Illinois State, how are they going to do it against Iowa? Well, think about their longest pass plays last year. What were they? It was the 72-yarder to Andy Davis. That, uh, the, the screen. The, yes. And then it was the 43-yarder to Clay Cundiff which may have been the longest pass that Mertz completed through the air. It was a good throw. All year. Yeah. I mean, it was wide open. Like, if he, like <laughs> he tried to overthrow him, but no, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a good throw. The, the thing about their passing game the last two years, it hasn't been, the explosive plays just haven't been there. They haven't. Take away the Illinois game, they just have not been there. Yeah. At, well, at all. I mean, Northwestern and Illinois, they had the one to Chimray Diki, the, the deep pass um, in 2020. Otherwise, they may be the least explosive team, passing-wise, in the, among Power 5 teams. Them and Iowa are tied. They're right there. Yeah. They're right there. I mean, it, and that, that has to change for an offense to be successful, or for an offense to not, to not go three straight games scoring 10 or fewer points, which they did in 2020. It wasn't as bad last year, obviously, outside of the start of the year. But can they, can they put together those big plays? We saw it in the spring. I didn't see it a ton in fall camp just because we didn't get to see a ton of plays in fall camp. I will say the one practice, we, we saw the play to Marcus Allen that everyone got to see uh, in that open practice on a Sunday. And uh, the, the practice before that made a whole bunch of big plays in the passing game down the field. Can that transfer over to game action? I think that they're going to have opportunities, and I think they're going to take their chances. They have to take their chances. You cannot... You could not play the way that they did last year without taking. They did not. It's not that they didn't complete those key passes. They just they just didn't actually take those chances. Right. Yeah, and I mean it's it's one of the deals where to me in today's age of football you cannot beat Ohio State without having an explosive pass game, and you have to take care of the ball. You have to play sound defense and all that stuff. But like, look back to the 2019 Big Ten title game. Why were they in that game? Why were they up at halftime? Because of a long Jonathan Taylor touchdown, cone to Cephas long uh, on the sideline before the half. They were explosive in that first half. That's how you have to beat those teams because you have to score with them in a way. So I want to see the first inkling of that coming up on Saturday. All right. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill here in Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on. We're here till 6. We'll hang out a bit after watching college football. But come on by. $4 spotted cows. They have $5 Long Islands, $2 off every appetizer. Uh, the Kurds raving reviews here uh, at Monks in Sun Prairie. Also yum, yum. locations in the Dells, uh, in Middleton, uh, and in Eau Claire. When we return, Zach, the debut of a new segment, Ooh. Stock Up, Stock Down, 
Now, this will normally happen on Tuesdays, but given this week is different, there's no game to react to. We're just previewing the one coming. Stock up, stock down from week zero in the Big Ten football season. That is coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy hour going on until 7. Come on by. It's the place to watch college football. You got Penn State, Purdue tonight, Pitt, West Virginia as well. Wisconsin kicks off their season. Six o'clock Saturday, Illinois State visits Camp Randall. Uh, Zach and I will give our picks for the weekend coming up here next. But first, Zach, uh, this is going to be a segment moving forward on Tuesdays, but we're starting it on Thursday. Stock up, stock down from week zero in the Big Ten season. I think I'll throw it to you first because it might be along similar lines given there were two Big Ten games. But what happened last weekend? Whose stock is rising? Oh, so I got to pick. I thought you were going to give me a choice. But no, I I can tell you straight up. I I know exactly whose stock's rising and whose stock's falling in the Big Ten. It's not even close. Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern offense stock up. Scott Frost and job security stock down. Not even close. I, I can't disagree with any of that. Uh, I, I went more with a, with a division-wide kind of thing. because Of course you did. I mean, it's week zero, right? Illinois crushed Northwestern, or they beat Northwestern last <laughs> year. Or Nebraska, excuse me. Crushed Illinois them. beat Nebraska last year in week zero. Yeah, yeah. Illinois wasn't that great of a football team. Nope. Nebraska, obviously, uh, played was well. The greatest, was the greatest three-win team of all time. They won three games. Uh, but to me, <laughs> stock is rising last weekend. It's yeah. It's the quarterback depth in the Big Ten West. That was my big takeaway. You better because, hope. Well, after what we saw from Ryan Holinsky, he throws for 314 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 8.3 average against the Cornhuskers. And that defense might just be bad, but we'll see. He looks more competent than he did last year, no doubt. And then Tommy DeVito of Illinois against Montana, but still 194 Wyoming. yards, two touchdowns. He also looked like a solid piece of that Illinois offense so instead of thinking that these guys are on the clear bottom tier and absolutely not part of the picture I think this division at least is deeper with quarterbacks than we think how dare you assail the great state of Montana it was Wyoming oh excuse me what's the difference I well I apologize to no, all when it our comes to I apologize program. to all our Wyoming and and Montana listeners uh there's a significant difference between the two but in that game, probably not. Uh, FCS Montana, Division One. Yes, Wyoming. yes, yes. Uh, do you really believe in Tommy DeVito at this point? I think he's better than Brandon Peters and Brandon Arthur Peters, Sitkowski. Brandon Peters in a uh, training camp this year. Which really surprises me. But when I look at Illinois, like year two under Brett Bielema, do I think they can contend with the top in the West? I, like They'll win some games against them. They did last year. They beat Minnesota. But I think DeVito is much better yeah. for what they're going to do than Peters and Sikowski were. I think we'll learn more about the depth of the Big Ten West uh, this Saturday night. Um, because Or tonight, borderline, with or Mr. Tonight. AOC. But you, but you believe in Aiden O'Connell. Like, you know he's, he's, an, he's an established guy. Like, he's done, he's done it, right? Yeah. He's done it. He's pretty didn't good. Do it, didn't do it against Wisconsin, but he did it pretty, against pretty much everybody else. So he's established. Casey Thompson established at Texas. Established to throw interceptions late in a game. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Holinsky, I think, you know, kind of showed that he's got, like, some of that five-star or that four-star talent that he was coming out of high school with. Yeah. He's on his second program, obviously. What, I mean, some of these other, how many of you, I'm not willing to sit here and say he's great by any stretch at, at this point, right? 
But entering the season, I didn't think either of them were good enough. Casey to, Thompson? No, no. DeVito or Helensky. Helensky to win, to win a to go up division. And, and win in Camp Randall, for instance. Now I think those games are a little more interesting. Okay. But, all right. All right. Well, I mean, yes, I would agree. And then, obviously, Tanner Morgan up in Minnesota and, and, and Graham Mertz in Madison. And Petrus. And, where? and Spencer Petrus, who is just a, a statue back there. We'll see if they do anything different. There's th- Those are still unknowns. Like, we think we know what Tanner Morgan is. We think we know what some of these other guys are. Can Spencer, Spencer Petrus or Graham Mertz take a step up? And if that's the case, then I will sit here and s- suggest, yes, there's, a very, there's good depth in the Big Ten West. Otherwise... I'm not so sure. I guess just compared to last year for me. Cause okay, all right. You have Peter Zinsikowski. Helinski struggled last year. I, like, oh, yes. He, we, I feel like he threw more touchdowns uh, or, or threw for more yards on Saturday than he did all of last year. It felt it's like not it. not accurate, but it's it felt like it. Yeah, and I guess I don't see Tanner Morgan. Like, he struggled a bit last year. He was okay. Eighth-year Tanner Morgan. But I think you'll be better like Tanner Morgan, with, to be honest, with Kirk Shiraka back. I, I kind of like Tanner Morgan. Yeah, we're Morgan guys. We're more. I don't know we're Morgan guys, but I appreciate him for a guy who said, "Where's, where's, uh, how often have you worn your Big Ten West ring? Never, never. <laughs> I yeah. didn't win the Big Ten West, so at least he he owns it. And the same thing with the hat. Like I've ne- never worn it. PJ Fleck is is a guy, and Tanner Morgan loves PJ Fleck, but he's not PJ Fleck, right? Yes. Like he he owned he owned. Yeah, we didn't accept for the fact that he was doing elite. Yeah, yeah. When he that, got to the yes, table, that BS, but. But just this, the idea behind him saying, yeah, we didn't win the Big Ten West. Wisconsin did. We had a chance to win it. I've never worn the ring. I love that about it. I love him. I love, I love him for that. My Zach, my stock down of the week is beer in Ireland. Uh, if you are uh, watching or following along. I would go during, the other way with this. Well, I, would, I would say credit card machines in Ireland. Okay, hear me. Or internet connection. Uh, but the internet went down at the stadium. They held the Nebraska Northwestern game. And when that happened, they gave out free beer to everybody. And from what I've heard, uh, Nebraska fans vastly outnumbered Northwestern fans. And then it was going well. And then Scott Frost onside kicked the game away. <laughs> but at that time, they also ran out of beer because yes. they were giving uh, – literally, there were long lines. People would get their beer. By the time they finished it, they were also waiting in line for the next ones. Uh, so instead, they resorted to gin and tonics. I heard they were limited. I, could say. I heard they were limited like two pints per person. So Yeah. Like, and as soon as, yeah, right. So they were getting their two pints. They would go to the back of the line and get back in line. And by the time they got to the front of the line, they were done with their two pints. Could you ever see that happening in Wisconsin? And they don't sell beer. Serving alcohol at the no, stadium? No, but they don't no. Sell, they don't, Never. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, don't, I have no doubt that at some point it's going to happen. But, like, I feel like Wisconsin would just close the concession stands. <laughs> be like, no. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Well, if the students. Ireland was like, no, we want people to come back here and have, do this again. So we're just going to give it away. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, if the state of Wisconsin, yeah, if the state of Wisconsin was there for that game, I could not imagine them lasting past the second quarter. They they ran they drank they drank the Rose Bowl out of beer. Like right. it's it's nothing to drink Ireland out of beer. Uh, my other big time stock down is uh, my brand <laughs> because the Nebraska Cornhuskers are not in, they're not different, Zach. Since the start of 2021, they are three and ten with a plus 60 point differential. They have three wins, plus 119, and they have 10 losses, minus 15. They lose by an average of 5.9 points. Do you know where most of that 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 uh, that point differential lasts? Northwestern. Yes. They won 49 56, to nothing or something. It was like 56 to 7. Yeah. So 49. it was 49 points. 
So 49, what was it, 60 you said? Yes, plus 60 overall. Just that one win. Just so that one win. Yeah. That's essentially where, exactly where it's at. All right. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill here in Sun Prairie, as we will be every Thursday, 5 to 6, moving forward. Happy hour specials running from, from Sunday uh, to Friday here, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Always a free upgrade to 22-ounce beers. You get $2 off all appetizers. Today, Thursday, we're talking $4 spotted cows, $5 Long Islands. The cheese curds are terrific. Uh, we've also gotten into the nachos a bit. I urge and everyone beer. and the beer. Uh, Zach is indulging. I will indulge a bit uh, coming up a little bit later on. So come on by. We'll be hanging out here after 6. We'll be here Thursdays moving forward. Uh, coming up next, week one of the college football season is upon us. Zach and I will give our locks of the week and update you on what happened last weekend. So final segment, uh, that's coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, previewing Wisconsin-Illinois State coming up on Saturday. Uh, happy hour going on again until 7, so get down here. Cheese curds are to die for. Uh, I will be confirming that soon. So, uh, the, the salsa is, RJ's telling me the salsa is not hot, but I, I kind of feel like it is. Maybe I'm, I'm a wuss that way. I don't know. Either way, a lot of, lot of good apps here at Monk's in Sun Prairie. So, week one pick, Zach. Uh, last week, I went 2-2. Two and two. I won with Illinois and Vanderbilt. I lost with Nebraska and New Mexico State. Are you sure about that? You went 3-1 and one, uh, <laughs> with Illinois, Nebraska, and Nevada hitting on those games, losing oh, on Vanderbilt. This Lord, week, sir. we are picking four games and also Wisconsin. Uh, the first comes up tonight, 7 o'clock. Penn State minus 3.5 at home against Purdue. I'm taking Penn State. Believe it or not. You're taking Penn State? Uh, yes. The spoiler makers, no matter what you want to call them at this point. I, I'm a buyer into Penn State and what they can do on the ground this year. I'm a buyer into Sean Clifford. This really is the battle of which team can be less horrible at running the football. Because both last year were bottom 15, bottom 10 yeah. in the country at rushing. I think Penn State gets back to a good level uh, with two true freshmen, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen in there. Wisconsin uh, recruited Singleton. Heavy. And then chose Penn State. So I am taking Penn State minus three and a half to start. I know you're a big AOC guy, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with AOC. I'm gonna okay. go with AOC and Purdue here. It's at home. It's the only game, honestly, that I think you could sit here and say if they win this game, point me to another loss other than Wisconsin on their schedule because they haven't beat Wisconsin since 2003. But it, like they go to Minnesota, but they don't play. PS, Penn State is their only is their cross is their biggest crossover game. They got Indiana and Rutgers are their other crossover games. If they're able to take Penn State in this game, Matt Mulgoyne maybe end up being right, and he they may take the West. So I'm I'm going with Purdue. All right, Zach has Purdue plus three and a half in that one. The next one, number seven Utah visiting Florida Saturday six o'clock ESPN. Utah minus three on the road. Zach, I love the Gators in this one. Uh, <laughs> 
visiting the swamp in early September is not fun. And Utah, I'm a buyer into Utah. I think they win the Pac-12. I think they're the best team in the conference. But Florida, uh, a bit of a down year last year. I just, I don't know how Utah survives the swamp in September. I don't either. I, 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 again, it is a tough, right, a tough environment. But it's a tough team that Utah is going in there. But I, I like Florida's quarterback, so I'm gonna, I'm going Florida as well. Yeah, Anthony Richardson uh, can ball. So Zach and I both have Florida there. The next one, Georgia, Oregon. Number seventeen, uh, number three, excuse me, Georgia. Number eleven, Oregon, Georgia. Seventeen point favorites there. Two thirty on ABC. Can we pick over unders or is it only spread? We're, we're going spread here, but what's, uh, what is the over under? I absolutely love the under. Okay. Uh, I think Georgia can just throttle you to sleep, and I think Oregon's defense is better than people think. But I'm going to take Oregon. Uh, Dan Lannon goes from Georgia really? to Oregon. Uh, last off season, he knows uh, Stetson Bennett. He knows that Georgia team well. Bo Nix is a chaos quarterback. I think he can do enough to keep some it within people, 17 points. Some people call it horrible quarterback. Um, but Chaos quarterback. Like Yeah, but like it could be just absolutely disastrous quarterback. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Georgia. It says uh, neutral site game, but where that where is that? Where is the Chick-fil-A? Where is the Chick-fil-A kickoff? Yep. It's in Atlanta. Yes. So I'm, go, I'm going Georgia. It's a big spread. I get that. But I like Georgia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them. All right, final one, and then we get to Wisconsin. Number two, Ohio State hosting number five, Notre Dame. 6.30 on ABC, another 17-point spread. I mean, like, mm. I like Notre Dame a lot. I, I think they're really good in the trenches. Do you, do you like them as much as you like them when Jack Cohn was a quarterback? No, okay. but I think they have a good team. I love Marcus Freeman. I think Ohio State win. <laughs> this game is over midway through the third quarter. I, just, uh, I, I don't think Notre Dame has enough to score. With Ohio State, and that's how you're going to have to beat them. Can you so think, 17 is easy. Can you think of an Ohio State offense that is this electric? You, you were a huge, huge Justin Fields guy, but can you? But like this, this is special. It is right. Oh yeah, it's better. It's better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree. Now, who knows what's going to happen with Ohio State's defense? New defensive coordinator, right? But I'm going to go uh, Ohio State as well. All right, and then finally, Wisconsin and Illinois State, 33. Point spread real quick. I like mm. Illinois State to cover. <laughs> I'm going to take the over. The over? So we can do over. No, wait. This. No, sorry. My bad. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Illinois State as well. But All I right. will take the over in a second. 38 and a half? Ooh. Give me, right. give me the over. 38 and a half. Wisconsin going to score 38 by themselves. All right. I can't wait. Season kicks off on Just Saturday. run the ball, right, Pat? Run the ball. That's going to do it for us. Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill. We'll talk to you on Tuesday night. We'll be back here on Thursday. Thanks for hanging around. See ya.